The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. How do you express your creativity? In episode four, join us in the arena as we discuss the power of creativity. Hey listeners, welcome to In the Arena. I'm Jackie Goldberg. And I'm Leah Smart. And today we are going to be discussing creativity, which is March's in-day theme. You know, as we thought about creativity, uh, you know, we've dug into a number of, of different things. And I think what bubbled up for both of us, the surface, was that we are all creative people. We both believe that everyone is born with creativity. It can come out in many different ways. And it's really about, you know, as we become adults, accessing that and hopefully, you know, living into it and doing things that honor our creativity. So something fun we wanted to do this time around was actually poll people. So we polled some listeners and asked them a series of questions to find out about their creativity. And what we'll do today is dive into those questions and talk a little bit about our own stories as well. So we're looking forward to, to jumping in. So, you know, the first question that we asked our listeners was, how do you tap into your creative side? Leah, this was so much fun for us. And we, you know, were looking at creativity and we both were like, this is fun, you know. And so polling our own employees at LinkedIn and asking them these questions was just awesome to kind of see some of the responses that came through. So how do you tap into your creative side? So it was really interesting is that a lot of the responses that we received were were interesting. It was either about what they do to tap into their creative side or how specifically they do it. So on the what side, there was a lot around dance and nature and art and photography. I was actually really impressed about mm-hmm. how many photographers we have at LinkedIn um, and how much of the arts and like the typical artist way that you think of um, was highlighted there. And when we think about this concept of everyone's creative, everyone's an artist. And we we can talk a little bit about that more around what does artistry mean to you. Um, On the other side, we saw around the how, there was a lot around meditation and focus and exercise, kind of the means to getting into the zone. Um, For me specifically, when I thought about this question about how I tap into my creative side, I need to dedicate time to it. Um, I actually set aside a few hours, um, not on a schedule by any means. I'm not going to say once a month or once a week, but I set aside time to do something that I know that's going to get me um, out of my comfort zone and give me the the space to really create something tangible. I love to use my hands. I love to sew. I love to create vision boards and um, create different posters. So anything there I can create the time or give myself the time to do that is what what's, what's gets me excited. But I really love this kind of different way that people took this question about the what and the how, because I think you can really look at it in both ways. What is right. What came to you with this? Well, it's interesting you said uh, setting time aside, I think, is really important. Um, there's an incredible book that I'd refer all of our listeners to as a resource called The Artist's Way. And one of the amazing things they have you do is something called an artist date, which is where you pick a day once a week and you do something that you've always wanted to do that's creative. So when I read the book, I had always wanted to build a flower arrangement. I love flowers. And 
and you know I'd always been intimidated by it I was like god what if it's ugly and I was like I don't know how that can be ugly because flowers mm-hmm. are all beautiful so you're gonna create something nice either way but that was the first artist date I had was you know literally sitting down and you know I'd bought all of these different types of flowers from this amazing florist up the street and I sat down and I created this great bouquet and it was such a small thing that meant a lot to me so you know I think it's really important that we set aside time for me when I think about creativity you know I probably fell more into that you know what do I do to be creative and me my 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 kind of craft and my love for the last, you know, 15 years has been photography and a lot of different different little journeys inside of photography for me. The first journey was feeling like I didn't have an eye for this. Like I wasn't going to create anything that was valuable, right? This fear, right? Oh my God, I can't get behind a camera because then I'm going to have to show somebody what I actually created and that could be scary, right? Because there's judgment and all sorts of things there and we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Um, But mine is photography. I love music. Those are two really big things for me. When I think about the how, exercise is a great way, I think, to just get your brain going. But really agreed with you. I think it's about giving yourself the time. Very similar to the way that we design these podcasts podcast or at least discuss what we're going to talk about is we look at things separately and have our own thoughts and opinions and things that really come up for us. And then we come together and talk about it. And so in this case, we actually looked at the responses to this poll separately and then came together and talked about it. And something that I thought was really interesting was that you, Leah, you noticed that multiple people wrote that they need time alone in order to tap into their creative side. So spending alone time was important to them. And at the same time, there were other people who talked about needing to spend time with others. Um, And what was interesting was that both of these were there in the responses, but you were really connected to spending time alone, whereas I was connected to spending time with others and that collaboration piece. What do you make of that? Yeah, I I thought that was so interesting, too. Like, we literally looked at the same results and saw two different things, which is just another lesson we could talk about for a year on perspective. But, yeah, for me, I think being alone is is one of the ways that I am able to recharge and also able to create. It's the space where I was able to you know, recognizing creativity that like I am able to create things that are beautiful and that like it's most important that I'm enjoying what I'm doing. So I think that's why I was so drawn to the alone time is I'm like, if I'm creating something, I want to be able to really honor it. Um, And then I release it out into the world. You know, it feels like I've already put my stamp of approval down and then everybody else just gets to enjoy it versus, oh my gosh, is someone going to be, you know, feel one way or another about it. But at the same time, you know, you seeing collaboration being one of the key words that came up and, you know, you drawing to that also made me realize, you know, for us, for example, we love to brainstorm together. So there's sort of this balance, right, of both of those. Yeah. And for me, I, and I see both for sure. I think I gravitate more towards time with others because of the energy that I get from people. So I am someone that really feeds off energy of others. And so when I think about creativity, I actually do think of energy. And when we talk about the second question, which we'll get into in a minute, energy was one of the words you know that people described around creativity. And for me, that really resonates. I, I find that if I hear someone say something or operate in a certain way, I then take that and connect it to something else and then um, move forward. And again, that's a lot about what brainstorming is about. And I think about in the professional space, so at work, I'm someone who loves to get in a room and talk about a topic and whiteboard it out and and be with a a few people and, and think through ideas. 
And I like to go back to my desk and be alone and execute on it. So I do see both for sure playing playing a role in creativity. Yeah, and I think one of the things you bring up that's that's really key and important is, you know, people wrote all sorts of things, like you mentioned, around how, what they do to tap into their creative side. I also think there's, you know, in our world today, there's this whole concept of everyone wanting to, like, live this big life, right, which is incredibly important. You should live whatever life you want to live. But also the recognition that even, there is even creativity in a lot of smaller things, right? Mm. I think I remember someone writing, like, being able to color code <laughs> was a creative work for them, which I was like, oh my god, I to- I love color coding. So I was totally with that person. But that's a small thing. There are small things that allow us to feel like we have this creative energy. It doesn't have to be that, you know, you are the world's next, you know, big dancer or photographer or musician. It can be something as small as just being able to color code a chart. I love that. I love finding small moments of creativity. And then when I think about what I said early on and and what people said about, you know, putting time in place to be creative, it doesn't always have to be like that, right? I mean, you and I, we're being creative right now in just a conversation that we're having. So you can be creative in, in any conversation. So the second question that we asked our coworkers was, what three words describe the feeling of being creative? Mm-hmm. Yep. And so this one was a really exciting one for both of us. We, again, we reviewed these separately and came together. Two of the ones that really stuck out for me were really around flow uh, and energy. Flow came up and almost every response was just that they felt like they were in flow. And so there's a there's an interesting thing for me. I was like, you know, what is that? And I, you know, I love photography. So when I'm out taking pictures, I feel like I'm in flow. And when I come home and I start to edit those photos, I feel like I'm still in flow. Like, And when I think about flow... It's kind of like the feeling that hours could pass and you would have no idea that they had because you were so engulfed in what you were doing and it was so right for you that it was just working. But I'm curious, you know, what you thought about that. Well, when you're saying that in my head, I'm thinking almost like time doesn't exist, Mm -hmm. right? When you're in your flow, it's like nothing else around you is even there. You are just so in it that if someone were to come and like tap you 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 jump up like wow there are other people around me or there you know because you're so invested in and you're present right yeah. we talk so much about mindfulness and, and being present on this podcast and at LinkedIn and 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 for me being in flow is being present yeah and I think I think one of the things is like there are a lot of things that you do where you don't feel in flow, right? And so when people are, you know, our listeners, you all are sitting here, maybe some of you are thinking, I know exactly what flow feels like. Maybe some of you are thinking, what are they talking about? So one of the ways that I was able to start, you know, getting down to and understanding what my passions were was just to start making lists, you know, thinking through. And, and I encourage you all to do this. Like, when you think about creativity, when do you feel like, any time could pass and you would have no idea. So just making some of those lists and trying those things out will help you tap into that. And just following that, following that process and being okay with, you know, the fact that you're going to try some and it's going to feel great and you may try others and it won't feel so good. Well, that's great because you're narrowing down your list to whatever flow feels like for you. And what's coming up for me is uh, Scott Shute actually led a session called From Me to We uh, for some of the managers in my, um, in, in customer success in San Francisco a few weeks ago. And he's actually running this uh, From Me to We workshop all over the world, actually, at LinkedIn right now. But something he had us do during the workshop was to envision a time where we were at our best selves um, and what that looked like. And a lot of people talked about times when they were at high energy, um, very positive 
in flow. And the point is, is that you you think about this time and what you were doing. So, you know, in addition to maybe for our listeners writing a list, another idea could be to envision a time when you felt your best self and what were you doing in that moment and kind of linking that and seeing where creativity plays a role in that. Where he was really going with that was that if we can think about that moment in times when we really need to be our best selves, which we should be at all times, but let's say you're going into a, a hard meeting or you have to deliver feedback to someone, kind of getting in a state where you're at your best self, it's connecting to that amazing moment um, right. of, of high energy. Right. I love that. We call that like peak experience, right? So how do you how do you reflect on on that peak experience and bring it into your everyday life, which I think is is huge. It's funny, as we talk about creativity, I talked about how important it was, you know, for me to be alone. You talked about how important it is for you to be with others, some of this kind of peak experience and creativity can actually be sussed out or pulled out of you in conversations with other people. Yes, um, so, connecting you know, the two, yeah. Totally. I mean, I feel like I some of the the people that I work with in my in coaching, they're finding their own creativity has come from our conversations and asking, as we talked about, you know, in the in the vision podcast, the whys. Why mm-hmm. is that important? What's important about that? And that's something that, you know, having someone else bear witness to is pretty cool and it can help you learn more too. Yeah. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. I'm Kwame Christian, and I am the CEO of the American Negotiation Institute, and I want you to check out my podcast, Negotiate Real Change. Listen to conversations with leaders in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space, and learn the secrets behind what it really takes to become a successful advocate, ally, and change maker in your organization. Check out Negotiate Real Change on your favorite podcast player. Going off of this question about what three words describe the feeling of being creative, something that really resonated with me was freedom. So many people wrote free or freedom when they thought about this feeling of being creative. And uh, what I loved was um, something that often prevents us from being creative, which we'll talk a little bit more about, is time. And so looking at this juxtaposition of freedom and time, because so many of us of us have issues with time. I think we all do. There's not enough of it. I don't know how to use it. I need more of it. It's There's scarcity around time. And yet, when you think about creativity around freedom um, and, and being in a place where maybe time doesn't even play a role, and I think that's a big connection to flow, actually. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, that's a huge connection to flow. So I'm curious for you, like, I mean, this stuck out for you. What's important about freedom? I think that freedom is such a deep word for me. I think of liberation. I think of no attachment. And I think of its connection to time and it's and a lack of connection to time because we can and should feel free at all moments of our day, right? And not being attached to outcomes, not being attached to time, not being attached to other things. And this it's almost like a feeling, a sentiment, a, a way of being. Right. Freedom for me is a way of being. And I and I also think that a lot of us and me included 
often have times in our lives where we don't necessarily feel free. And that brings me to a feeling of misalignment. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's bringing myself back into this, this state where I feel like I um, can be who I am and I'm free to be who I am and I'm not attached to the future and what I want and the thoughts and thinking and, and trying to create something that's not there. I can kind of just surrender mm-hmm. and let be. And to me, that's freedom. And it's also a really hard thing to to have all the time. And when we look at creativity, I think what was something we saw was how much people love creativity. Mm -hmm. Everyone has it, to your point earlier. And yet, even what I said earlier is like, I feel like I have to make time for it. Right. Mm -hmm. Which but but we don't have to. I think I'm getting a lot out of this conversation just between you and me thinking through, well, well, actually, there are very small moments throughout the day where I'm being creative and maybe I'm just not linking it to that. Yeah. Yeah. And and honestly, it's funny what you what you mentioned about freedom that I'm hearing you say is around choice, which I think is incredibly important that at any moment we all have choice, right? We all have the ability to make a decision. And most people don't feel free most of the time, right? So creativity allows you to access mm-hmm. that freedom of I have choice. I can do this or that. What I love is the bigger concept that forget creativity, we always all have choice. And so I think that's important. It's something I forget a lot of times. You know, we all probably speaking to our friends or family members or whatever. It's like, I have to do this. Well, do you have to or do you choose to? Those are two very different Mm. things. And so, you know, I I teach conscious business here at LinkedIn. And one of the things we talk about is the mentality of the victim versus the player. And so the victim is the person that says, I have to do this. The player is I choose to do it. Uh, And those are two very different places to come from. One is incredible incredibly empowering and the other one is disempowering. And that's where I hear, you know, freedom can be attached to so much more than just our creativity. And when we think about this concept of choice, when we move into maybe the third question here, which is what prevents you from being creative, the number one thing we saw was time. And really, we get to choose how we spend our time. And that's that's big because a lot of us feel like we do have to do things. We have to get this done. We have to do that. And you know, how can you kind of shift that to a more empowering statement of, well, I want to be doing this because of X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Or this is a priority because of, right? Like, not every choice is a want, but every choice is a decision, right, based on what your priorities are and what's important to you. So mm-hmm. sometimes it's like, I don't want to do this, but I choose to do it for these reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I loved the seeing the time. I mean, that was another one that came up every single time everyone said they don't have time to do it. And, you know, similar to some of the other things we've talked about, and I'm particularly thinking about, you know, our vision session, you know, a lot of this is really to do with what is important to you and where you decide to spend your time. And so it's interesting, like I, I within my own role, you know, in 2017, I did a time audit. And so I went back into my calendar and I looked and I said, where am I spending most of my time? And then I had to take the the next step of thinking, oh, my gosh, and I'm choosing to do these things. Right. So what am I what can I choose to do differently that will allow me to have more time to do X? Right. Or Y. So I do think that's a really important one. One thing that came up for me that is, I think, incredibly important when you think about creativity and what gets in the, the way of creating goes back to one of Brene Brown's articles about the most dangerous stories that we make up. And she talks about three different types of, quote unquote, scars. But creativity was the scar that really, you know, kind of comes back to to this conversation, which is the fact that 
so many of us are creators when we're young, right? We grow up and we have all these different dreams. We want to be, you know, an astronaut or an artist or a photographer or a writer. We want all these different amazing things. Like we said, everyone is creative. And as we move into school or into different areas where we can then be judged based on our creativity, how creative are you? How good at are you at creating? Which I think is a problem in itself. But we get judged on those things, right? You get a grade for whatever you drew or for whatever you photographed or whatever you painted or whatever it is, whatever you you played, right? You're playing an instrument. And to tie that, unfortunately, to tie that back to a judgment makes it really difficult for children to move past that and say, wait a minute, I am a creator, right? So if I get an F on my drawing, but I really want to be an artist, what am I going to do as a child? I'm probably going to say, okay, I got to tuck that one away. That's not for me. I'm not good at that. Um, and that's how Brene Brown talks about creativity scars is really the feeling that, you know, at some point in your life, someone has told you that you weren't good at this. And so you stopped mm. doing it. And it's so interesting because we're talking about for our listeners ways to think about what gets them energized around creativity and it's lists. It's thinking about being our best self. And maybe it's thinking back to your childhood mm-hmm. and thinking back to times when you were in school and you were creating something and you just felt like you can conquer the world and you felt so great and wonderful and maybe in flow, right? And then it stopped for some reason. Yeah. Um, and, and Brene Brown kind of talks a little bit about that. But how can you tap back into that and bring that into your adulthood? Yeah, it's funny. I had um, my, my parents who kept a lot of my old stuff from when I was younger. I was I wrote a lot and I loved to write and I loved to read. And I continued the reading and the writing kind of like petered out over the years. And so I was able to go back and see these little books I created. I wrote little short stories. And in you know, first and second grade, I was getting, you know, I think at the time it was like E for excellent. <laughs> there were no A's. Um, but then I saw, you know, like over time, I started getting not bad grades, but I started getting a B, right, instead of an A on a write, on a paper. Or I got a C, right? That It was not good enough, right? It was satisfactory. Um, and so, you know, I know for me, for example, uh, writing has been an area where I think I have creativity scars personally. Um, it's an area where I need to be more intentional about doing it more and more often so I can get back into flow, which is something that I do. I don't know about any of the listeners, but, you know, for writing, for example, journaling is a really great way to start getting back into flow because no one ever has to see it. But I'm curious for you, like, do you have areas where you feel like there's maybe a creativity scar you want to start exploring? Well, it's really interesting because I I, uh, mentioned sewing before. And so sewing was something that I took up in middle school um, and I loved it. I loved home ec. Remember home ec (laughs) used to have? And my mom bought me a sewing machine for my birthday in seventh grade. And um, I loved it. I used to rip up jeans and make different purses and make and create belts. Um, And, you know, I actually want to tie it back because one of the things that prevents us from being creative is intimidation or fear. So and this is what people actually wrote in our poll, poll, very similar to creativity scars, was that there's an intimidation of I'm not going to do it right or there's a fear around something underlying and for me with with sewing do you know what my fear was Hmm. I was afraid that people wouldn't think I was cool wow and so going into high school I looked at sewing as something that maybe people didn't think was a cool thing and and 
right, very much similar to our last episode around fitting in and belonging is like, I didn't want to not fit in. Mm-hmm. And so I actually dropped sewing. Wow. And I took it up um, back in my late 20s. I bought a new sewing machine. I did not That's have awesome. the same one from <laughs> seventh grade. And I actually took some one-on-one sessions, um, you know, at, at this workshop in New York City. And I started getting back at it. And so now I am very accepting around my passion for sewing, for creating clothing, for creating articles. And, you know, granted, it's something that falls on and off. And I, you know, could be more intentional about setting time for it if I I do want to go back into that. But I'm very okay with it now. Right. And so it did take me looking back and thinking about why did I stop and really being honest with myself about that and then taking it forward in in my adult life today. Yeah, I I wanted to like kind of double down on that. Like what got you to go back to get this sewing machine to go do this again, right? Because I'm sure it was on your mind over the years between seventh grade and, you know, being in your 20s. So like what, what really got you back there? Or do you remember the point where you said, forget this, I'm going to go do it? I do. I do. And it was very in line with what we talk around fulfillment and what fills our cup and what makes us happy. And I was in this exploration period, you know, a few years back and trying to think like, what makes me happy? And sewing came to mind of something that I wanted to take on similar to maybe your photography or your writing. For me, that was something that I felt like would fill me up. And it it certainly did because I was being very intentional about making that space for myself to do things that filled me up and yeah. made me happy. Whereas before that, I wasn't. And, and I, it was most likely because I wasn't as aware, as self-aware. I wasn't as awake to what I really wanted for myself and the mm. life I wanted to create. Yeah. And it's, it's so interesting. I have a similar experience, I think, with photography of, you know, always having wanted to do it when I was younger. And then, uh, you know, I was able to get into the last manual photography class in my in college. So I was in the dark room, I was using a manual camera. And, you know, that was probably a turning point for me, because it, you know, we at the end of the the semester, everybody gets a grade, but then, you know, you also go into a room with all the other photographers and they vote on the best photos. And so one of mine got best photo, which was incredible. And, you know, obviously we we want to focus on internal validation, not external, but it was finally a point where I said, okay, like I can do this. Um, and so going forward, you know, you don't have people grading you or saying this is the best photo they've ever seen, but really what you have to do is say, you know, A, I think creativity and art in general are entirely subjective. One person sees one thing, another sees another. And it's sort of that like whole big idea that you're never going to make everybody happy with what you create. As long as you're creating what you believe in, what you enjoy, the right people will like it. Right. And so like I, you know, I, I recently last year actually created a website for my photography just because I had never done it. And I was like, you know what? Who cares? Like, I want to create a space for myself. And even if nobody ever sees it, I want to know that I had the confidence to do it and put my work out there. Because it. I think for me, it really is one of the, the great creativities of my life. I love that. And thank you for sharing. I just think all of these topics around empowerment and self-acceptance really come hand in hand as we connect to the, the different in-day themes. Mm. Um, so as always, we want to leave our listeners with a question. And the question is, what can you do to bring creativity into your day-to-day life? Mm-hmm. So simple. So hard. <laughs> but we're excited for you all to explore it. Like we shared, you know, make a list, try it out, play with it, and see what works for you. But I'm excited for you all to 
access that creator inside of you. As always, thank you so much for listening. Uh, visit go slash mindfulness if you're internal at LinkedIn uh, to listen to our episodes and we will see you back next time. Thanks, guys.